0: Whoa, look at all those stars! Can't get a view like this in the city. (laughs) Maybe I'll catch one. You're lucky you're cute. Gonna take you there myself, fly you to the moon! You know, I've never been outside the city before. Looks like a prison from here. A cage of light.
1: All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jared.
0: Thank you. <laughs> well, <laughs> All right. Welcome back to Virtual Tavern, a podcast where we talk about all things sci-fi and fantasy. Thank you for saving me. I got you. Uh, my name is Hunter Chambliss, co-hosted by... Uh, Hunter Chambliss. <laughs> and also, we have a third Hunter Chambliss here.
1: Hi, I'm Hunter Chambliss. <laughs> I am also Hunter Chambliss. We are all Hunter Chambliss. Actually, I am Chambliss Hunter. We
0: are we are all one. We are all one me. of us. One of us. <laughs> uh but yes, uh this episode we are covering um Cyberpunk. We are going into episode 7 which is called stronger if I'm not mistaken. Faster,
1: bad or faster stronger. Not right, nah, yeah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah, nah, they're nah. going to kill me. know, <laughs> only makes me stronger.
0: <laughs> honor, better, faster, stronger. But <laughs>
1: Yes, this is Sci-Fi Sunday, um, the best thing that you look forward to every fucking week. All right, uh, I know I do. Like, like uh, we were saying last week, like the Ukrainians. Oh my god, that was I know. that was a fucked up joke. Like, uh, at least was... I have
0: Sci-Fi Sunday to look forward to. Yeah, you know they're gonna be fucking. They're gonna be hunkered down in their their crumbling buildings with no food, but they're gonna be looking they're gonna be looking forward to us. That was even I'm like, that's a little dark, Adam. <laughs> 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 that's a very um, real problem. <laughs> so, question about that actually. Have we gotten any new listeners from any different countries, or are we still sitting where we were at last ne- week?
1: Negative. Uh, the last listener from a new country we had was Slovakia. We have not had any listeners from new countries, but that's okay. Because our analytics are holding very strong. Um, we are having a lot of listeners every week, which is pretty cool. But none of you fuckers are emailing us. Uh, I see you listening. I see you listening. Don't act like you're not. I could, in fact, right now, as you're playing this, I'm looking through your fucking phone or whatever playback <laughs> device you have. I'm, I'm all seeing and all hearing and all watching. I see you fucking, Timothy, with your fucking uh, your OnlyFans opened up on the second Chrome browser. I see you, Timothy. You think Hunter, you're fucking shut sly? this down. <laughs> you think how did sly? you know that my
0: name is Timothy?
1: <laughs> oh, my God. But anyway, if you would like, you can always send us an email, and we would really like to hear from you guys. Our email is contactvirtualtavern at gmail.com. You can email us about anything, but <laughs> preferably uh, we would like to hear what your thoughts are on whatever we're covering. Like right now, we're covering Cyberpunk, so if you have something to add about that, we would love to hear from you. Um, and we will read it on the next podcast episode.
0: Yeah, so if you guys email us about anything that's related to cyberpunk or sci-fi, we'll um, we'll read it back on the next Sci-Fi Sunday. Or if it has something to do with fantasy, we'll read it back on the next fantasy podcast. We want to try to make sure that we keep them separated so that way it kind of makes a little bit more sense. But if it's a general question, then whatever, whatever episode is coming up next after you email, it'll be on that episode. Yeah,
1: well, you can obviously email us about anything and we would love to hear from you. And it'll be on whatever episode is next. Um, but with that being said, stop touching my cable, Jeremy. It's wrapped around my foot. You're wrapped around my foot, you little fucking goon. You little, little
0: beautiful bitch Stop over there. playing footsies. This makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> you know what really gets my rocks hard? Huh? Hearing from internet friends about virtual tavern. So if you want Jeremy's rocks, fantasy Fridays,
1: if you want Jeremy's rocks to be hard, email us and we will let you know just how hard you get his rocks. This is OnlyFans oh, content. The harder you get my rocks, the better this is going to be. There we want
0: to we want to be able to call him the ripper, the zipper ripper. Okay, the zipper ripper. I want to be harder than Chinese arithmetic. <laughs> I want to be harder to
1: get through than the fucking korean border (laughs) okay we're fucked uh so that kind of covers oh our socials uh we have a youtube and a tiktok if you would like go and subscribe to those um it's just comedic little youtube shorts that are taken from our podcast and given a a nice little comedic video element to them so it's a good time i just uploaded a, a couple more on there so if you haven't watched them in a while, go back and rewatch them. It's a good time. Uh, so that's just Virtual Tavern on YouTube, and if you prefer TikTok, it is Virtual Underscore Tavern Underscore Podcast. Uh, so yeah, go and like and comment and smash that subscribe button. You know all that fucking Gen Z fucking boomer shit. Mm-hmm. Not yeah, boom.
0: and uh, over the next couple of days, I'm gonna start uploading some of our our newer shorts. Um, uh, I just need to I need to run home and. Grab something to throw those onto, but they will be added to our TikTok here shortly. They're already on our YouTube.
1: Yeah, just go to YouTube uh, and watch them there, and then they'll be on TikTok shortly. But I'm so yeah,
0: old dude, I just got really scared when you said socials. I thought oh. you were gonna give like your social security number. Well,
1: well, yeah, that's the only <laughs> yeah. way I can
0: get emails. Actually, it's a uh, four seven nine. Uh, it's four seven nine.
1: F U C K, and then you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, that pretty much covers all of our house cleaning shit, so we can go straight into our Talking Point Recap. So for those of you that don't know, we do this on every episode, our Talking Point Recap is an opportunity for us to reflect on the previous episode or segment of whatever we're covering. So we're covering Cyberpunk Edgerunners for Sci-Fi Sunday. Last episode was episode six, Girl on Fire, I believe, right, Hunter? Yes. Okay. So, we
0: did. We, we had our little fucking sing-along at the very beginning yeah. of the episode. Hearts on, on fire, fire,
1: strong <laughs> What? Fire. I was thinking Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys. This girl, girl is, is on
0: fire. fire. Uh, <laughs>
1: so, but, oh my <laughs> gosh, dude. Hunter, for my talking point recap for you, for episode six, Girl on Fire, uh, is if... Main and David had decided to stay and fight the MaxTac squad. Who do you think would have won?
0: Um, honestly, I think MaxTac would have fucking taken him. Like, David David's good with the cyberware that he has. However, he is not capable yet of taking on someone that is more um chromed out than he is. And nope. I mean, we already saw the state that Maine was in. Like Maine knew he was gonna die. Yeah. So he probably even though David would have sat there with him, more than likely my guess is he still would have planned on detonating all the charges on the um the pyre to Dorio yep. and he'd have killed them both.
1: Yeah, I, I, I believe that too. Like even if Maine wasn't cyber psycho and he had full clarity of mind, they still wouldn't have stood a chance. Yeah. Like I, I agree one hundred percent. I just wanted to see if you had a, a hot take or anything about that.
0: No, I think that um Whether it was just main fighting by himself or David, there there was no chance of coming back from that. Okay. Um. Excuse me. Uh. My talking talking point recap for you is: What do you feel was the most tense moment of the episode? Not necessarily just action heavy, but like it could be you know emotional or things like that. Like what was what was the heaviest tension that we felt?
1: Fuck! I think it was right as main beat the shit out of kiwi that immediate likes aftermath of like oh fuck main is not seeing friend from fro right now he's beating the shit out of his own crew members yeah and immediately afterward in a few scenes like david tries to go comfort him and everything and gets fucking bitch slapped yeah he gets bitch slapped like a fucking like a drunk dad coming home after work like the fuck you mean dinner's not ready boom
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> the fuck do you mean? <laughs> no. no. Uh. But
1: I think when he beat the shit out of Kiwi, when Kiwi was in the deep dive and ripped her fucking face mask off, like when you tear someone out of a deep dive, it's like the worst
0: thing you can do. Yeah, there's a very <clears throat> uh, realistic possibility of killing them.
1: Yeah. So it's a miracle Kiwi fucking lived at all.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, realistically, you know, us having the the hindsight from watching the rest of the show. It's not like that would have been a a fucking terrible thing to have happen, but still like it's a possibility. Even
1: in hindsight, like Kiwi's not a bad person. It's just Kiwi has adapted to an environment where it's be eat or be eaten, you know, night city, the life of night city, like Kiwi warned you from the beginning, you know, and other characters too. Like, do not trust me. (laughs) Like, or I will backstab you. Like, that's the kind of world we live in. Yeah. Like, don't trust anybody in Night City. And she's just a, an, an after effect of that. She's not evil. She's not bad. She's just a product of her environment, you know? But anyway, that is our talking point recap and covered all of our socials. So let's go di- diving. Uh, let's go take a deep dive <laughs> into uh, episode seven. Stronger. Stronger. Spider better, better stronger. No, 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 no. not kill me. me. <laughs> <laughs> but, Jeremy, to fill you in, um, after last episode. Excuse me? Um, I said fill you in, not fill you up. Okay. <laughs> That's after
0: we record, buddy. That's after we
1: record. That's, the lights are already out. We're trying to set the mood right now.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, uh, so, last <laughs> episode, we had Maine die, and he went cyber psycho, and- Dorio, who looks like Zarya from Overwatch, unfortunately died as well, mm-hmm. um, trying to take care of Maine, and she got shot in the back of the head by the cops. Mm. And this is immediately, not immediately after that, we have a pretty sizable time jump after that episode. I don't know exactly how long, but may, I'm just going to call it maybe six months. It yeah. seems like six months is a good explanation for the time that has passed from last episode to this episode.
0: Yeah, especially with like what we're about to see as far as david goes and things like he's a very very different person now oh yeah
1: like i think david's 18 at this point and now he is the leader of the remainder of Maine's crew yeah um so let's go ahead and play the episode so it opens up with a nice little overhead shot of the city and we get to see david's car well it used to be Maine's jeep or whatever you want to call it but now yeah. now it's his it's got the edge Runners logo we have rebecca David who is chromed the fuck up now.
0: Yeah, he's he's about as big as fucking Maine was now. Yeah,
1: he he's as like tall and big but not like as bulky.
0: Yeah. You he's know? like a, a fit version of Maine. Exactly, you know. Um but David like
1: he he grew up in that short amount of time. He's a man now. He talks like a fucking like, like a boss. Yeah. He's not a nervous little teenage kid anymore. Um they have a newbie on the crew. And we'll learn later that it was Tanako, a fixer in Night City that you can also find in Cyberpunk 2077, the video game. Yep. Is it Tanako or Hanako? or, I think it's Tanako. Uh,
0: yeah, it's Tanako. Tanako. The, the older Asian woman, the yes. Tiger Claw.
1: She's the Tiger Claw's leader. Yeah. Yeah, so she sent them with David and his crew as, like, backup. Um, it's pretty much a mere reflection of what David was when he first joined the team. Yeah. Like, this could have very easily been David a year ago, you know? But he's a no-name kid. I-, I forget his name. He's not that important, but...
0: Uh, it's Julio. They they briefly mention it.
1: Oh, okay, Julio. But they have Falco Falco as their driver. It's nice that we finally get to see some more scenes with Falco. Yeah. Like, we've seen very little of him up until this point.
0: Yeah, we've gotten to see, like, maybe two scenes where he spoke and four scenes of him all together.
1: Yeah. So they're doing a job for Hanako or ta- Tanako. Tanako, thank you. Um, they're doing a job for Tanako. They're infiltra- infiltrating a maelstrom hideout. Um, and oh, go ahead, Hunter.
0: I want to. I want to touch on something. So it opens up on you know the building that they're getting ready to go hit, and while it's scanning through, showing all the different camera views, you get to see like the the red. Um, coding on all of the enemies as Mm -hmm. well as the little v above their head as if you were to use ping from the game for the quick hack to be able to see exactly where they are oh that's cool it's really it's it's interesting all the little details i know we've mentioned it a lot but they they were so thorough in their um execution of all the details making sure that the game and the anime were so um uh they blended so well together
1: They're, they're doing it right now Kiwi is quick hacking all of these fucking Maelstrom guys. Exactly. So David and the crew go into this big ass auditorium area and there's like 30 Maelstrom guys. But luckily Kiwi from the van with Falco is able to like quick hack, ping all them or short circuit them. And the rest of the crew just mops them up. You have Rebecca here, dual wielding SMGs and it's fucking beautiful. She runs out of ammo and Maelstrom's like the little bitch ran out of ammo, get her. And then she's like, fuck around and find out. Pulls Check. out her her spare shotgun she has and just p- p- blasts them into bloody pulp. So anyway, I just started blasting. <laughs> um but Falco's just chilling in the fucking van with Kiwi. Uh, you see blood splatters everywhere. And David, he's got like, I forget what kind of model that shotgun is. It's like a Saratoga. Um in the game, they
0: were they called a crusher.
1: Oh, okay. But Julio, David and Rebecca go up the stairs and they find this uh chromed out Maelstrom guy. He's kind of on the same level as David in terms of like muscle augmentation. Yeah. But David still has the stand So the guys like, you did you never learn to fly? He's all chromed out and everything. Maelstrom guys are like barely even human anymore. So their voices are all augmented and everything. The the Maelstrom dude, the mutant uh, gets ready to swing down his sledgehammer and David activates his Sendeva stand, goes around him and then pops him in the back of the head with uh, the wrist rocket. Yeah. And I love this. We were talking about this many episodes ago where they show the slow-mo version and then they show the real-time version. Like what everybody else sees. Yeah. I love that detail. Um, but Rebecca is badass, you know. And they're getting a call from Kiwi. No more Oh, yeah, they're rescuing hostages from Maelstrom. That's the whole point of the, the mission. Yeah. <laughs> and this is where Julio dies. He's like, yeah, we did it. We did it. Woo! He goes down the hall like, no, wait. There's a trip mine there.
0: Like, oh, fucking newbie just died. Yep. <laughs> He's basically a red shirt. Yeah, the bad part is, like, for those, those of us who have actually played the game, like, you know, anytime you're going into a Maelstrom um, fortified location... Look around for fucking mines because they always have them up. They booby trap everything. Yeah. Yeah. So David and the
1: crew rescue all the hostages. Oh, it's Wakako, not Tanako. Yes, Wakako. Wakako. Okay. Dude, Wakako is crazy for cocks. <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> of like a. Wakako. Ce- I was thinking of like a cereal ad, like a toucan for <laughs> for a fruity pup or whatever. It is this? Just follow the hose. I'm crazy for cuckoo cocks. Yeah. They- <laughs> i crazy. Wakako's crazy for cuckoo cocks. Oh, I'm a crazy for cuckoo cocks. <laughs> <laughs> but they're riding back and everything. Job well done. And David's basically telling Wakako, hey, sorry, your guy died and everything. And Wakako's like, no, no, don't be sorry. He was an eager little shit. This was bound to happen. Yeah. Um. But they get the transfer and everything. Job well done. And, you know, David and uh, Falco are talking everything. You know, you should really come with us on more jobs and everything you're like you're like the center of our team and uh falco like uh, oh, i'm just doing my job kid i wish we just got to see more of falco like I'm, I'm gonna keep saying that he's such a cool character
0: yeah like his whole personality is just very like it's laid back but um in depth at the same time like it's it's a very unique character dynamic
1: yeah And this is where we get a little bit of Kiwi. Like, we don't get much of Kiwi talking, actually, like, with any, like, substantial dialogue. Kiwi says, I'm actually surprised by you. I didn't know that you had it in you to take the reins after Maine died and everything. And that shows that David really stepped up in these X amount of months that Maine's been gone. Yeah. Like, even Kiwi is impressed. Um. But, yeah, they're hanging out at their, their normal edge runner hangout and everything, the diner area that we saw in, like, episode two or three. Yeah. And then Rebecca comes in, and she's got her new augmented hands.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, she does this weird, like, fucking crab walk thing. <laughs> for it's kind of creepy.
1: But Rebecca is hitting on David hard. Like, Rebecca wants that fucking David She wants dick. that San Davis D. <laughs> that San <David> D. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Do you think you can activate it during sex to, like, go faster?
0: Oh, dude, you'd probably blow the other person up. Like, just imagine the fucking (laughs) friction, dude. Got a blast.
1: (laughs) You would have to, like, oil up. Otherwise, you'd burn up and light
0: on fire. (laughs) You'd be like uh, the guy that you can find in uh, 2077 who has his fucking dick lighting on fire. His his, uh, Mr. Stud is failing on Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, my dick's on fire. Take me to the hospital. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) But Rebecca is like, hey, you want to dance? And David's like, oh, that's not really my thing. David walks away and Rebecca's like, Hey, I'm not good at playing just friends. Like as if she could be any more on the nose that she wants to be more than friends with him." Yeah. Um, and Lucy's like, you mind changing up your strategy a little bit? What you think instead of louder and bunctious, I'll be cold and isolated doing a little jab at Lucy.
0: dance is a riot. Sounds preem. I think I'm going to bounce. <gasps> got to stop by docks. Seriously? Again? Then tell that bastard you desperately need a dance chip. Will laser do. Pop hip grind. See ya. Hey! I ain't good at playing just friends. Considered shaking up your approach? Yeah, how you figure. Instead of hot and loud, I try cold, distant, and nerdy.
1: But David goes back to the Ripper dock. The Ripper Doc that we've been with episode one and two. Um, the same, like, I don't know. How he, he's just called Doc and he's like got a Jamaican accent and everything. Yeah. But he was the one telling David, like, oh, the Sendeva stand's going to rip you apart, brother.
0: Yeah. Like, he's the one that I've theorized is, um, I think, I feel like he grew up in Pacifica just based on the fact that he has the, Jama- the Jamaican accent. Look like um, the Voodoo Boys. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, the whole time he's been telling David, you know, that San Devastan's gonna be the death of you, and as soon as you as soon as you croak, I'm taking it from you.
1: Yeah, and even the Ripper Doc is like, I'm surprised, boy. I thought all this chrome would make you turn insane by now. And David's just like, well, I I think I'm just built different. You know, that's the whole theme of Edge Runners is David thinks that he's different from everyone else.
0: Yeah, and that kind of goes back into what we were discussing, um, either last episode or the episode before last, where uh, due to the game the the actual tabletop game um his humanity stat is so high that he's able to withstand more cyberware than uh your average individual yeah so he is technically built different but that doesn't mean that he is immune to becoming cyber psycho
1: exactly and david makes a comment or uh that ripper doc makes a comment my bad and he says i can't believe all this that you have this affinity for cyberware the only other person that i've seen that can handle this kind of level of chrome." is the legendary Adam Smasher. And that's cool that this is the first time we get confirmation that Adam Smasher's in this world, too.
0: Yeah, like, um, we, we get a, a very short glimpse of him, but when you compare him from this show to original uh, 2077, I can't speak on the update. I haven't fought him yet. Yeah. Oh, uh, he's a monster in the new update. Fuck. He is not easy hunter you
1: saw my build i use sandevistan with throwing knives which is like slow-mo and everything and i was able to like one one shot headshot kill almost any mob in the game and fucking adam smasher has his own sandevistan so when you activate yours he's just like all right fucker i'll turn mine on too it does nothing for you
0: so good luck yeah so you know comparing him from the show to the original launch of the game, like there's such a drastic difference, which knowing what I do now about the update, like hearing it from you and from people on, uh, on YouTube or my other friends, um, it's kind of cool that they've kind of beefed him up in the game to where it represents more of like what he's supposed to be, this fucking badass legendary merc that will straight fuck you up if you piss him off.
1: Uh, so David gets a call, for him to come to Afterlife, right? Which is the Merc Bar. And it's Faraday. Faraday is the four-eyed corpo.
0: Get fucked, four-eyes! Get
1: fucked, Faraday! He's the four-eyed corpo voiced by Gus from Baking Bad. Uh, And he's the original guy that hired Main and the crew earlier on this year.
0: Yeah. Uh, He was the one that hired them on to try to get the information from um, the... Arasaka head, and the, the info from the car.
1: Yeah. Uh, obviously, all that got botched and everything, so um, Faraday is actually trying to hire David to kind of complete the job. Uh, the contract is still open and everything, and Faraday gives David a shard, kind of giving him the backstory on the job and everything. Um, and it's a job for Militech, just like uh, Tanaka theorized that this whole job reeks of Militech. Yep. So he was right after all. Uh, Faraday is like a fixer, or he's not a fixer. No, he technically would be a fixer.
0: Yeah, no, Faraday would be a fixer, because a, all a fixer is is someone that hires mercs to do jobs f- for them.
1: Yeah. So Faraday is hiring David and his crew to basically get dirt on Arasaka, right? Like the job from the beginning. And he's mentioning, oh, wh- what about your old Netrunner, Lucy, if I believe her name is right and everything, and this is where we learn that Lucy hasn't been a part of the crew for months.
0: Yeah. Um, and we, I mean, we, I guess we kind of got a, a little bit of a hint of that from David's little jab at her, uh, you know, earlier talking about being cold and uh, kind of a recluse. But yeah. But <clears throat> this is confirmation that she hasn't worked with them in quite a while.
1: I think she was traumatized after that last job where she had to kill Tanaka to cover David's track.
0: Well, not only that, I mean, with that last job, you know, she lost half of her family. That's true. I mean, she was close to Maine to a
1: certain point and and uh Dorio.
0: Yeah, and she's already proven the fact that she doesn't want to lose anyone else that she considers family after what she went through with um Arasaka and her netrunner buddies.
1: Yeah. Um but then we go straight to a scene where we are in David's apartment and David has now lived the edge runner life. He has Living a nice cheeks. He has a nice ass apartment. Uh See,
0: I like how you're saying he has a nice ass apartment, but you're just dragging <laughs> you're just your mouse over his I'm ass. While I'm moving my
1: mouse cursor on his ass, and Lucy and David are now officially living together, titties, um, and naked, and Lucy was just full body naked. Uh, this show does not hide away from giving you the best bits of your favorite characters.
0: <laughs> no, I mean really, like the only thing they could do now is just have her fucking spread eagle on split lips. <laughs> oh my
1: god! But David and Lucy, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> In their <laughs> high end apartment, they've made it and everything. David's become an edge runner. He's become very quickly, almost become a night city legend, like he's almost to that status. The same thing V wants in uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. Um. David and Lucy are talking and everything. David mentions, "You should come back. When are you going to be ready to come back to the crew?" And Lucy says, "I'm. I'm just not ready. I need more time and everything." Um. And they're just talking back and forth. Meanwhile, Gloria's ashes. Gloria being David Martinez's mom is still on the table in front of them.
0: Yeah, it is kind of cool that like, even though it's been such a long time since she passed and all all that, like, David still keeps his mom close. Like, obviously, that's, that's another way to really ground him is to think about his mom.
1: I just thought of this. Like, what if it helps boost his humanity stat?
0: it very well could be which
1: is kind of what I was going to get at actually <laughs> I like
0: I like when we get on the same fucking wavelength my guy now, now that we're starting
1: to think in like RPG terms and everything
0: yeah like it, it's entirely possible that keeping that connection with his mom even though she has passed has helped boost his humanity stat making it to where he's less susceptible to becoming a cyber psycho as well as his connections with the uh, the crew and with Lucy yeah so Lucy's
1: like come on let's get out of here and she's notices that david's like overworked and everything right and she wants to like go out on a little date with him you know clear the air clear his mind and everything and david and lucy they ride a motorcycle outside of night city limits and this is a beautiful shot man like it's going out into the badlands and you see the night city in the distance and everything and you they look up to the stars and this is the quote that I use in the intro.
0: Dude, I, I just noticed that too. I was like, hey! Sure wish the moon was out. You can see the stars better or brighter when it stays away. Really? Really, really. The moon outshines them. Man, you sure you went to Arasaka Academy? And dropped out, remember? Ah, right. You know, I've never been outside the city before. Is that right? But you have had a life outside Night City once? Looks like a prison from here. A cage of light.
1: I just thought it was a very beautiful scene. Like, they're just both looking up at the stars and
0: everything. We get to see them as people as opposed to Mercs. Like, they they get to have their guards down and just enjoy one another's time.
1: Well, also, in this episode, David's become so much of a man and a leader that you hardly ever get to see that boy that we knew in the first six episodes. Boy. And in this episode, or not this episode, this part... We get to see a little bit of the old David Martinez burst through the, the seams a little bit again. Yeah. Um, he's saying, like, look at the stars. I'll, I'll catch one. They're being all cute cute and giddy and everything. Um, it's, it's a nice scene. You know, they've got beers and everything. They're just looking up at the stars. And this is where we get to finally learn about Lucy's backstory. You know, David asks... Um, he kind of brings up the topic again of like what happened to you and what was your backstory. And it's, I just want to know more about you. And David keeps trying to like open her up and everything to maybe try to help her get over what's bothering her.
0: Can you blame him though? I'd like to open her up. <laughs> I need a can
1: opener, so I can get the nice succulent meat inside that can. <laughs> but God damn it, guys. <laughs> we learn that She was raised in an Arasaka facility, and we mentioned this, but now we get to finally like go into the nitty gritty of it. Yeah. So I don't know if she was like raised from birth or like kidnapped as like a fucking like a child and brought to Arasaka.
0: My guess is she was probably kidnapped and brought to Arasaka at a very young age. Kind of like a Spartan? Yeah, exactly.
1: Okay. That would be interesting. Like we see her and she's probably maybe like 10 or 11 at the oldest. Yeah. Um. She and what? 1 2 3 4 five, There's six, 13 seven, of them. 8 9 10 11 <laughs> Look 12. at the f- 13 God damn it. I was, I was counting was su- and su- there were subtitles that said there are 13 of us. <laughs> I could have saved myself like 5 seconds of counting. God damn it. But there were 13 of them uh, in this Arisaka program. The more you know. The more <laughs> The fucking little thing that goes yes. the more you know. Do-do-do-do. Reading rainbow. <laughs> but there were 13 of them in this Arasaka program and the main purpose of this program was to train net runners that showed proficiency in net running to breach the black wall yeah and hunter do you want to talk about the black wall cuz you're more of a quick hack guy
0: um so basically the black wall is um it's a it's a protective barrier uh before 2077 there was a <laughs> A war essentially against rogue AIs and these AIs—they want to try to destroy everything. And um, <laughs> it's the old internet, <laughs> exactly. It's the old, it's the old internet. It's the old web. So what uh, NetWatch and a couple other companies did to try to help pr- protect the citizens and everybody was to create the black wall, like a—it's uh, a firewall, basically. Yeah. Um, but it's black. <laughs> but but it's black and not quite as fiery. Um, however, there, there are ways to breach it. However, anytime you breach the, br- the black wall, there's a chance to either bring a rogue AI essentially attached to you like a parasite, or they're going to capture you and turn you into an AI and you never come back. Yes. Most of the people who breach the black wall never return and they become rogue AIs. And uh, that's kind of touched more so in 2077 than it is in Edge Runners. But the program that um, Lucy was uh, attached to—that's kind of what their specialty was—was was to try to breach the bl- the black wall for um, possible information and things like that.
1: And I just want to interject here really quickly: the old net, from what I understand, was brought down by a really awesome net runner back in the day called Rache Bartmos. He's like the legendary fucking net runner, the net runner of all net runners. He brought down the old web. And created all the demons that like went rampant in the old net, um, and that's why NetWatch had to put up the black wall and everything, is to protect you know what limited access we have to the net now from the old net that Raish Bartmost brought down. <clears throat> Excuse me, but uh, did you have anything to finish off with that, or you pretty? much I mean, done?
0: that's that's pretty much it. Like the black wall is just <clears throat> nothing more than a containment of rogue AIs. Yeah, because um, you know their whole goal is to try to bring down humanity. Like they they don't want anything but themselves to exist.
1: Yeah, so David is saying that Rach Bartmos brought down seventy-eight percent of the old net in one day.
0: Yeah. Wait, the old net? But I thought that whole system collapsed something like fifty years ago, didn't it? Brought down by history's greatest net runner, creator of demons. He was a true savant, super hacker, legend Rach Bartmos. Oh shit, yeah the guy corrupted like 78 percent of the global net in a single day mm-hmm.
1: and um arisaka this whole program was to scour the old net for like legacy or lost knowledge you know like imagine what kind of old information is beyond the black wall in the old net like weapon schematics or we saw in phantom liberty that the power of the black wall could be harnessed into weapons
0: yeah, I know. I fucking have the black wall. Hack, and it's Awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. So imagine like what kind of shit Arasaka could get. But these kids, all 13 of the kids, their job was to penetrate the black wall, but they kept getting attacked by the rogue AIs. And they one of them, they just keep dying one after the other. Yeah. Until eventually, I think there was only like six or seven of them left. Um, and the kids finally decided, like, we're going to die here. Arasaka is going to keep sending us into the black wall, into the old net, and until there's none of us left. And we're going to die for nothing. Yep. So all of the kids realize, like, our only hope to survive is if we escape. So these little kids, okay, there, so there's five of them, I think. Um, these little kids make a run for it, escape the facility, using Fucking
0: their- run! <laughs> for the love of shit, Run!
1: <laughs> But they do escape the facility, but to Lucy's knowledge, everyone else except her died. Yeah. But I'm wondering, like, what if, let's say they do an Runner season two or in the next game, what if Lucy reunites with another survivor of that program?
0: Dude, that'd be fucking sick. Like, we... So we know there's going to be a Cyberpunk 2. Yes. If they bring Lucy back with one of her fucking partners, that would be... I mean it'd be fucking awesome because we would get so much more lore and information about her and it would help just tie in this show that much more into that universe.
1: I think that would be her motivation if she came back is to just bring down Arasaka.
0: Oh fuck yeah, dude. She would if she'd become the next Johnny Silverhand. Yeah, technically Arasaka
1: like took her old family and took her new one too. Yeah. So, I think if she ever came back that would be her her motivation.
0: Yeah, especially when I mean we're going to be jumping a little bit ahead here, but when you consider what Adam Smasher does to her family in this universe, he's still employed by Arasaka. Yeah. So like that just adds more incentive for her if she were to come back in the next game, CD Project Red, uh, <laughs> to want to take down Arasaka. And in this scene after Lucy's given, you know,
1: David all this background information on her on her history and her and her childhood, David starts to fidget with his cyberware like that sucks because this this is the first time we see david actually struggle and the first signs of him turning cyber psycho yeah
0: is right here and, and who would have guessed it happened to be Maine's the, arms yeah it was main's arms the same issue that main had
1: and lucy says nothing's changed with you have hasn't it you're still chasing someone else's dream and it shows flashes of maine and that, that's kind of true. Like, David has never really had a dream of his own. At first, it was his mom's dream of rising up and becoming an Arasaka Corpo. Yeah. And then she died. And then she met the net runners, the, the edge runners and everything, and found a new family with Maine and all them. And then his next dream was to become a Night City legend like Maine. And he's still chasing that dream of becoming a Night City legend like Maine.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, I wouldn't say May never necessarily became a legend, but he did become a well-known merc.
1: Yeah. What is Lucy doing right here in this part? She's, like, tracking down someone that had information on Arasaka and the information she thought she wiped.
0: Yeah, I think that's exactly what it was. Like, she was trying to backtrack herself to make sure that no one else had the info that she she pulled from uh, Tanako about David. Yeah. Like, she saw someone while... uh, her and David were embracing one another on this rock, there was a flash of all the information she saw from Tanako.
1: Oh, I see what happens. Okay, so Lucy gets a notification that these old files have been penetrated. Someone's accessing the information that she put, a, basically put a firewall around. Yeah. Any, anything that could tie a link to David. Um, and this, this Netrunner... Found the information and Lucy tracks the fucking guy down. And this is scary, dude. Like, I would not want to be enemies with Lucy. She fucking basically does a, a, a firewall hack on him. You know, a system. What's that system thing where you, you shock someone's cyberware? Um, the quick hack? The
0: You short circuit him. There we go. He short She sort. God fucking damn it. Short circuits and. Sea cells by the seashore. Yeah. So, my guess is she probably did a combo of. Um, If we're going from the hacks from the game, she did a cyberware, ma- cyberware malfunction mixed with short circuit.
1: Okay, it looked like that because the guy is pretty much fucking dead. Yeah. This is creepy. She comes out of the dark and she's got red eyes. She is menacing as fuck when she wants to be.
0: Yeah, because like, you know, whenever they're doing their quick hacks, their eyes turn fucking red. And she just comes out of the darkness and all you see are these fucking red fucking circles underneath her beautiful hair that (laughs) would just look great right about right about here (laughs) but
1: and that's the end of the episode like someone was digging around in the old uh files about david and she was not going to take any chances like i don't know who you are you're dead (laughs) and killed the guy
0: which i think realistically this gives us a glimpse as to why she hasn't been a part of the crew She's probably been stopping people who have been trying to get more information,
1: oh, like mopping up and exactly on the side, killing anybody that's been you know peeping into the old files like that
0: exactly that's that, at least that's my thought on it. That, she's trying to pre- help prevent anybody from digging into uh Tanako and David and just trying to shut it all down, you know, hopefully before anything develops, yeah,
1: and that's the end of the episode. We go to the end credits and. This is a, another banger episode. Like, I kind of wish we had one episode in that six month or however long time jump that we had. Just to kind of make it not so sudden where David's this boy. And then this episode, he's a jacked up fucking edge runner. He was a boy. Now, now I'm he's a man. man.
0: <laughs>
1: but other than that, it was a great episode. It had action. It had character development. It had a little bit of everything.
0: You yeah. Know, we I got mean, to see
1: our, our awesome characters once again. Favorite characters,
0: yeah, and like you said, you know, they could have put in another episode. There's a lot of places where they did big time jumps to try to save money so that they didn't have to produce as much, mm-hmm. or they could have had another episode, and I wish they did because this show is fucking awesome it's bananas b a B-A-N-A n a and bananas it's bananas me B-A-N-A-N-A, yes. <laughs> uh
1: Hunter, do you have anything to say about this episode or
0: uh you know they they did a really good job with um showing the character development in David having him more as a leader as opposed to a boy. Again, it would have been nice to kind of be able to like watch him grow, but you can at least grasp the concept between episode six and seven of how his mentality has changed. Yeah. Um. So that's that's a really nice thing that they did, and plus you get to see a little bit more of uh I guess the sensitive side of Lucy with her being more protective of David than we've seen her in the past. Yeah.
1: Uh Jeremy, do you have anything to say about the episode? I know we kind of threw you in the middle of the season, but oh, I'm here to listen <laughs> for this stuff, yeah. I'm good. Okay. Well, this has been Virtual Tavern, a podcast where we talk about all things sci-fi and fantasy. Uh catch us next Fantasy Friday if you're into Lord of the Rings or if you just want to stick with cyberpunk stuff. Catch us next Sunday for Sci-Fi Sunday. Email us at contact at gmail.com. If you have anything you want to share. But that being said, I have nothing else for you. Get my rocks off. Get, get, Oh, there we go. Get yes. Jeremy's rocks off. Email us.
0: Yes. Email us. Tell you what, um, why don't you guys send us an email and tell us what you thought of the time jump between episode six and seven, like how you thought they could have possibly done it better. Or just what your thoughts are in general about that time jump. That's so, That's if, a great question. Yeah. Yeah. If you'd like to email us about that, um, our email is contactvirtualtavern contact. at gmail.com. That's
1: contactvirtualtavern at gmail.com. May cause chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> Those fucking old drug commercials where they have to like speed run everything and then like may cause death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> may cause death at the end. Uh, But we will catch you guys on the next one. My name is Adam. I am Hunter. Joined by Third Hunter. Third Hunter? Yeah. No, Jeremy Sill. Jeremy Sill. Nice to be here. And we will catch you all on the next one. Ka-chow. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, bitch.